DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined once again by Kimberly Hahn, who is a Catholic speaker and author and who for decades has shared her wisdom with other wives and mothers. Married to Scott for more than 40 years, they have six children and 19 grandchildren. After homeschooling for 26 years, Kimberly now serves as counsel at large in Steubenville, Ohio, and hosts the St. Paul Center podcast, Beloved and Blessed. With Kimberly Hahn, we go inside the pages of Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart, published by Emmaus Road Publishing. Kimberly, thank you so much for your time again today. Oh, it's great to be with you, Chris. I have to tell you, I feel like you're with me all the time anyway, because I love Beloved and Blessed. (laughs) I can't get enough of that podcast. (laughs) You're so kind. Thank you. I I love getting to share my heart. I, I, I just can't tell you the privilege it is for me to get to share you know, some of these thoughts and, and then to get the emails back that people are actually listening and, um, and it's touching their, their lives, their relationships. It's really a blessing. Oh, I mean, the conflict resolution segment that I've listened to, I am like, oh, here I am married 38 <laughs> years and I still need to hear this. And I'm really looking forward to anger management. So is Bruce. He's really, he's going, I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> Well, it's something we're always growing in, isn't it? I mean, we've, mm-hmm. we're coming up on 42 years of marriage this summer. And um, yes, we're always learning new ways and new strategies and uh, and new ways to demonstrate respect for each other when we have a difference of opinion and being male and female and having all the differences we have in temperaments and personality and birth order. I mean, it all comes into play and yet it's all part of God's design, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's, he's forming, conforming us to his son without doing away with all the things that make us individuals. And so how do we have that um, beautiful relationship going beyond the little ones in the house to really having a relationship that that lasts. Um, and we were speaking briefly before the, the um, radio uh, show mm-hmm. about uh, parents, and my parents are coming up on 65 years of mm. marriage this September. And it is very sweet to see their kindness and gentleness toward each other and their support. And they're not perfect, but wow, what an example to Scott and me seeing, okay, 25 years down the road, if God willing, we're still alive, this is the kind of marriage we can have if we keep doing the work we're doing now. Oh, let it be. Let it be, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I find so fascinating and just in listening to the podcast, which I encourage everyone, again, it's the Beloved and Blessed podcast by Kimberly Hahn, is that when you're speaking and giving counsel, in many ways, you know, even for me at my, uh, my, I was going to say at my age, I was going to try to find a fancy way of saying it, but this is where I'm at. Um, you know, I, I sometimes for me in my, in my mind, I don't know about you, but I still feel like that 27 year old mother of children. And 
but yet I look in the mirror or I try to do things and my body's telling me a totally different story. But in my mind, in my heart, I still feel like that young woman. How about you? Oh, yeah. If someone asks you, you know, how old are you? The first thought I have is maybe 46. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, I'm 63. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm negotiating with my legs as I kneel and stand at mass. It's like, right. come on, we can do this. We can do this. Yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's a gift, isn't it? I mean, isn't that a, a, a grace-filled entering into that we have that we can still have the zeal? Maybe that's zeal. What yeah. do you think, Kimberly? I do. I do think it's a gift. And and even in our society, I, I, uh, I think there's a slight adjustment because people are working harder at being healthy. And so living healthily, you know, later in life. And um, I talked to a priest the other day who's in his 70s, and he just smiled and said, 70s, the new 50. And I thought, well, then maybe 60s are the new 40. Hey, hey so <laughs> yeah. In our minds, in our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we see ourselves as children of God. And so we are getting younger even when our bodies are getting older. <laughs> and that's okay. And there's still so much more wisdom that can be passed on, particularly yeah. in here, I was going to say our age again, but <laughs> there is in our experience, <laughs> in our living out the faith, yeah. it just the incredible way in which God has worked in our lives. You just want to share that and try to help others see that. I think he needs his lighthouses to stand maybe a little longer these days. Mm -hmm. I think so. You know, and it's interesting in reflecting on um, the book Graced and Gifted because it it came out, uh, was reissued in March, and the the experience of so many people during COVID was in the um, a new opportunity to look at their homes and to say, how do I want life to be here? Um, I mean, who could ever have imagined that life would just slow to a stop and we'd even have a chance at a reset? And people found themselves looking around their homes saying, I could reorganize, I could redecorate, I could um, begin to cook again. I mean, it became a big thing to make bread and, you know, do Mm -hmm. things that people have just assumed they'd never, ever be able to um, offer in their families. And so as people enter back into a much busier life, hopefully it's, it is an actual reset. What do we want our family life to be like? What do we, how do we make our house into a home? Uh, regardless of whether it's an apartment or a duplex or, you know, a, a homeowner-occupied single-family dwelling. Um, how do I bring Christ to the very center of all the relationships in our home so that when people enter our home, they see a place of refuge and safe haven and peace and order speaking to their spirit? Mm, beautiful. Talking with someone from Canada yesterday, a woman, and she said, you know, Chris, this whole thing of the experience of the Catholic woman in America, we don't have that in Canada. We we have very busy lives. We have to work. And I, I said to her and I went, uh, guess what? That's the American experience, too. For so many people, so many uh, women, of course, whatever God is calling you to, to do in that day, maybe it's outside of the home with a job, or maybe it's working in a ministry or, or serving on a city council 
here. I, I kind of brought in something that you had done. But whatever that might be, you're still the homemaker. You're still creating the home, isn't it? And I think you bring that forward so clearly in Grace and Gifted. Thank you. Um, yes. And, and it really is rooted in priority loving first. And then that leads us to how then do we live that out um, in, in all the relationships that we have. So, you know, drawing us back to loving Christ first, loving, loving our Lord and giving ourselves afresh every single day to Him. Um, and then really that spousal relationship needs to be the second priority. Now, often the children's needs are louder. They're going to be more immediate you know, Scott doesn't get up in the morning and say, I need my breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Where where when you have little ones, you know, you've got to to feed them first thing. But so so how we how we communicate the priority of spouse um, before children really is and it takes quite an effort, especially when they're little. Um, But it is essential because that's that's the core relationship. That's the relationship from which the children have sprung. And that's the core relationship that will exist when the children, you know, have left home and the, their needs have really subsided. And you, you don't want to be looking across the table at someone and say, oh, I feel like you're a stranger. <laughs> Who mm-hmm. are you? Well, that means, you know, we're nurturing that relationship all along. Um, and then the children, um, the relationship with the children, not just the tasks of caring for their clothes and providing food and, and all of the many tasks involved in homemaking, but really fundamentally, it's first and foremost, what is that relationship and how is it growing? How, how are we nurturing that love between us, between us and the Lord, between us and our spouse and between us and our children? And, and then the many tasks of homemaking come into play as expressions of that love. We're talking with Kimberly Hahn about her book, Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. And Kimberly, I, I think this book in particular, I think, would be such a great gift to those who are preparing their children for baptism, to be able to mm-hmm. give this to young families, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's but also, I think it's it's really it's great wisdom for grandparents to help encourage those young ones mm-hmm. who may not have time to be mm-hmm. able to appreciate this at least in the beginning. Yeah, um, and I I love that idea um, because as grandparents we feel less of the weight of the responsibility day to day, but we can enter into the celebrations of their life and in small ways we're reinforcing what their own mothers and fathers are teaching them um, as we prepare a good meal for them or as we um, welcome them out into our gardens. I I have had more fun taking grandchildren out and we'll pick fresh raspberries or fresh blueberries and go in and clean them together and then put them on, you know, something wonderful, cereal or ice cream and, and share those moments where they're literally connecting the fruit that's coming from the ground with something wonderful to eat. And then in the midst of that, we'll talk about how, how important it is to eliminate weeds and what are, what are weeds in our spiritual life? They're, they're our sins. And if we, if we only pick them, if we only do little, little um, removal, it's going to come right back. So we've got to get to the root. Um, or we'll go down to the compost bin, which 
stinks, you know, because <laughs> all that stuff is rotting. But then we'd talk about confession and say, you know, this this is like confession. Like we come with the yuck of our, uh, the doopy diapers of our souls, you know, mm-hmm. and and by the grace of God and the words of the priest, we are able to leave not only clean, but but he's turned it into the mulch of our spiritual life. And so we can actually offer prayers and sacrifices to help rebuild the church in ways that we've actually torn it down with our sins. So there are just so many practical lessons that kind of pair up with normal life. And as you said, you know, we can even draw grandchildren into it, reinforcing what our children are teaching them. You know, it's very sad in a very real way. We've seen studies recently that have shown that so many people no longer consider themselves practicing Catholics. I don't want to say they left the church because we still have you. You're a baptized Christian. We love you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's even more so now, the example, the encouragement, the love that is given by their parents, the parents of the parents, to once again mm-hmm. say, let's take a look, come back. But to do it more than just trying to say that with an apologetic ar- argument, really what you're mm-hmm. proposing, Kimberly, is the acts of love, the acts of presence, mm-hmm. of just yeah. those moments will do more. If a convert is to move towards the light, towards the light of Christ, those moments will do more to attract than anything else, I think. I think so too, and uh, and we can we can blend in um, fun with spiritual things. For instance, I've I've offered to my granddaughters, and they all took me up on it. We could go out for breakfast at McDonald's after eight o'clock mass if you want to come with me. And we actually they came with me to mass, and and I pray a rosary afterwards with some ladies um, for my political work, um, and then we headed off to McDonald's and had a fun breakfast. Um, we can mix in uh, joy. It's not like straight theological teaching, but we mix it in with um, with something fun and uh, and with a, a serious thought. Um, we just had our first of two sons who are studying for the priesthood ordained to the priesthood mm. on May twenty first. Praise God and. Oh my goodness. I mean, I still, I still feel like I would like to take a three day retreat to just absorb everything that this meant. All of our children were there. All of our grandchildren were there. And two of the little boys, and I'm sure others thought of it too, but two of them just were in awe saying, he really is a priest now, you know, taking it in and, and watching his every move. And then, of course, we had the privilege of going to his first mass, and they watched as he gave his special gifts to Scott and me at the end of that first mass. Um, he gave me the manaturgium, which is the special cloth that he used to wipe his hands right after the bishop had consecrated them. And he gave his first stole that he listened to the first confessions um, after he'd been ordained. And it was like, uh, there's just so much that we will be able to pick up and share and highlight with our grandchildren as we continue to reflect for years to come on what this meant. Um, 
and and here was a special thing, you know, it, during COVID a year ago was Jeremiah's um, Father Jeremiah now his ordination to the diaconate, mm-hmm. and there were all kinds of limitations. You know, we couldn't have a reception afterwards. I mean, just so many, so many sad consequences to COVID for mm-hmm. our family. But one of the beautiful things was two grandchildren who were unable to have first communions because of COVID. Um, were a, their parents were able to arrange with our bishop and their pastors back home to receive their first communion at his diaconate ordination. Oh. And it was so precious. There wasn't huge fanfare. You know, we just did a little family celebration at home, but they were dressed beautifully and they knew what was happening. They were well prepared. And Jeremiah, uh, then Deacon Jeremiah was able to be the one to give them the Eucharist. And our second son, Joseph, who's studying for the priesthood, was the one holding the patent. And I mean, it was <laughs> the beauty of all of this truth is so powerful. And of course, when Father Jeremiah was ordained, the children were again talking about their first communion the year before and how excited they were to then be able to receive our Lord from now Father Jeremiah. And now they're eagerly anticipating Joseph's diaconate ordination next year. Um, So again, that's, you know, you've got the teaching that's very clear about what the Eucharist is, and it's in then the context of the joy of family life. What I love so much about what you present here is the openness to the great whatever, and I mean that in the sense of Our Lady saying to us, Mm -hmm. do whatever He tells you. And in that Mm -hmm. openness, it's taking these types of moments and seeing His presence and I and I mean that in a, a very strong grace moment, his presence in this particular moment. No, it's not the first communion they planned, but look at the gift that he has for us. And I think we all have those opportunities every day. It's yes. growing and learning to see it, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And and part of that is really that opening act of consecration of the day. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of different forms. We have one that our family has memorized. And to just give, to sort of sum up the day before it's even started, really, and, and give him all of our joys, our works, our sufferings, our um, uh, challenges, and placing them in his care and saying at the outset of the day, Jesus, I trust in you. And really opening the eyes of our heart then to see him at work. Um, and, and we'll be surprised, you know, by the things that come about. I have to tell you one story. I was mm-hmm. out gardening with my Joseph when he was five. And, you know, all we're doing is pulling weeds. You know, it's just not a big deal. Uh, but all of a sudden he looked at me and he said, I've got to make a time machine. And I said, <laughs> really? I mean, he sounded quite determined. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> and I said, and, and where would you go? And he said, I've got to get back to the Garden of Eden. I have to tell Adam, don't do it. It mm. isn't worth it. Oh. <laughs> and of course, all he meant was the weeds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't thinking about the sin and the fall and all of that. Oh. But it was such it was such a great then opportunity to then talk about, well, what did happen in the garden? And isn't it sad, the consequence of Adam's sin, and there are consequences to our sins. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it just, it just gave us a, a great opportunity uh, to talk about the Lord and to connect an actual experience with uh, a deeper spiritual truth. 
feel like Graced and Gifted touches on. Like in each section, I've got a two to three page reflection. I call it uh, a mother's guide to the sacraments and tying something about our ordinary work to the extraordinary grace that God gives in a particular sacrament. Um, and, and I do think that he is so at work in our hearts and lives that simple things, um, doing the laundry, preparing a menu, um, sorting through your herbs, you know, I just, everything mm-hmm. can be a small reflection of our relationship to God and, and he'll keep pruning us the way we're pruning our bushes. He's going to keep um, delighting in us and through us as we try to prepare something delightful to taste. I made yesterday, we, we happened to harvest our um, rhubarb. We were a little late, um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't quite as flavorful as I would have liked, but I made a, a, a homemade strawberry rhubarb pie. Um, that we enjoyed with one of our sons last night. And it was just to literally eat the fruit of our, of our hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. was just, it was so delightful. And to tie that into thanking God, thanking God that we can grow it, thanking God that we can do the work to produce the pie, and then thanking God that we can enjoy the fellowship together as we uh, have something that really tastes wonderful. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. The St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology is a nonprofit research and educational institute that promotes life-transforming scripture study in the Catholic tradition. Founded by Dr. Scott Hahn and with current Vice President Mike Aquilina, the center serves clergy and laity, students and scholars with research and study tools from books and publications to multimedia and online programming. The St. Paul Center welcomes you to their free online studies. Whether you're studying scripture for the first time looking to take your studies to a higher level, or whether you're ready for advanced training, you've come to the right place. In addition, for each track of study, they recommend books that will enhance your study in prayer and build your library of essential works in biblical theology and spirituality. The studies are free. Just visit SalvationHistory.com to view a complete library. We now return to Inside the Pages. The beauty of grace and gifted, a biblical wisdom for the homemaker's heart, flows from that grace that comes from the sacred scriptures, from Proverbs 31. And so much of what you put in here is just, it's like harvested fruit. What you did there the other night with the rhubarb, 
you're essentially yeah. doing that for all those who enter into these teachings that you provide here. Yeah, and I guess I want to just offer one caution, and that is I am not the Martha Stewart of Catholic homemaking. <laughs> and do you know what I mean? And, oh, I've seen you know, your minivan once. I don't know if you remember the day when that was so freeing. We had recorded <laughs> at, at the St. Paul Center, and we came out to your van. We were going to go see a soccer game one of your sons was participating in. <laughs> yep. And you opened the door, and McDonald's packages came out, and all this stuff came out. And I went... <laughs> And you went, oh, excuse me. And I went, oh, no, thank you. This is so freeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and here's the thing. I think that God has built into homemaking real humility because mm-hmm. aren't we always succeeding and always failing? Like, we could end the day and we put a beautiful meal on the table and it's looked attractive and, and yet laundry's piled up in the laundry room. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then we've got, we're on top of the laundry and maybe we've even cooked a decent meal, but there is dust everywhere. So the next day we do the cleaning and then we, we get so caught up in those tasks that we get at four o'clock in the afternoon and like, Oh dear Lord, I didn't even saw anything for dinner. What in the world are we going to eat? I think that at the end of the day, by the grace of God, we say, Lord, to the best of my ability, I have loved the people in our home. I have Mm -hmm. accomplished your will. I have not accomplished Kimberly's will, but I have accomplished your will. And I thank you for all that's been done. And I ask for the grace that tomorrow morning I get up, you'll give me the strength to tackle the next task. And I think that in embracing the humility that comes from acknowledging, I haven't done it all, that we grow stronger. The goal is not to say, I've done it perfectly. Because I would just build up pride and a lot of false pride. Mm-hmm. But if we embrace if we embrace the just natural humiliation that comes or humility that comes from not doing it perfectly, but trying to do it with grace, I think we're really making progress in the spiritual sweepstakes. I really do. I and, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Again, I just want to encourage people to pick up a copy of Grace and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. I think that, you know, and just in what you were speaking to uh, just a moment ago, Kimberly, that there is a section. Every section is important. It is practical, 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 everything that you bring in here. But that the beginning, the dance of time management, and it is so important to find that time early of rising early. If there's one discipline, if there's one thing you can do and you can have great plans for the whole day, but if you can start it out with that moment where you rise early and give that moment to God, it will, no matter what comes, I mean, your plans make it totally blown yeah. up. It orients you. And I think you are so wise in bringing that forward. Mm. I had a wonderful spiritual director, Father Ray Ryland, who said, Really, when we get up in the morning, it's, it's like a little resurrection from the dead. And we, we need to be reminded of who we are. And so that's why he emphasized with me, start the day in prayer. Come before the Lord and, and acknowledge that you are his beloved daughter, that he has a plan for the day, that you have goals for the day, but you really want his will and to and to yield right off the bat and that's why we do that act of consecration um 
it really does make a difference in, in setting them that priority. I've loved God first. Now, Lord, show me how today I can love, especially those in my home, but then obviously, how do I love my neighbor? How do I love my prisoners? How do I love um, the people I will come into contact with at Lowe's and Kroger's and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the mailman? And because all those interactions matter, Um we had a funny, I had a funny experience last night at council. I, I don't know if you know, I won re-election a year ago, so I'm still serving in council. And I walked in and there was um, uh, just a delightful woman who the city hires occasionally to do sewer projects. Mm-hmm. And so I reintroduced myself to her and she said, I, I, I have to ask you something. I heard on the Catholic radio station coming over here yesterday, um, an interview with Kimberly Hahn. And I thought, well, that, there's a councilwoman in Steubenville of that name, but you aren't the same person, are you? <laughs> and I mm-hmm. said, it was me. I was doing a, a show out of Florida yesterday morning, and it was just hilarious to me because I, she just smiled so broadly. She said, I loved, I loved the podcast. I did not know she was a Catholic. I don't know if she knew I was a Catholic, but we were just smiling at each other as sisters in Christ right before council meeting is about to begin. And knowing our hearts had connected because I had a chance to do a radio show that she happened to listen to. And that is the way that God works. Mm -hmm. He is constantly at work connecting. I mean, here we are, how many miles apart, Chris? And we are heart sisters. We're Mm -hmm. just sharing, uh, you know, one heart to the other. And what a privilege it is to be in the body of Christ, to know His grace. And I long for all of the people listening to know the depth of God's love for you, his desire to bring you close to his sacred heart, uh, to share his mother and, and all of the riches of the church. And if you've wandered out of the church, if you've thought, you know, I don't need to go to Mass because I can get a better Mass on my TV Mm. I want to tell you, Jesus is the Eucharist. You need to be in his very presence. You need to come to him. He wants to indwell you. Uh, Don't settle for a TV version. Come, come back to Mass. um, And then go go out to love and serve him in Mm. that place. Oh, let it be. We started it with let it be. Again, grace and gifted biblical wisdom for the homemaker's heart is also an opportunity. As you said, people are starting to get out. We're coming out of the cave. We're once again engaging with friends. And you have been able to put together with the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology a series of DVDs that can accompany women. You can do it as an individual, but you could also get the set and view it with friends and have some wonderful conversations. You even give us the outlines and possible questions we might engage in. Right. And I do think there is a dynamism in gathering together with other women. And I would say a mix of ages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't just get together with older women or younger. Mix the ages because there's a lot of lived wisdom that I think older mothers um, need to be invited to share. Uh, they may not just give their advice except to daughters and daughters-in-law, uh, but if you invite them to be a part of it, you may be amazed at how much wisdom they have to share with you. And then they have the joy of, of praying for you um, 
coming alongside you as a, a grandmother type, especially if your mothers or mother-in-laws are uh, far away, um, that could be just a great blessing all the way around. Uh, there's nothing quite like getting to hold a little baby, um, especially, you know, I'm in my 60s and, oh, I just treasure those moments that I can hold little ones. Um and, you know, giving the arms of a young mother a, a brief break. And then as you go through the Bible study, you know, you're able to interact with each other. How did you read that proverb? What do you think about this particular passage? Um, could you share this thought or insight with one of your older children? Um, I remember talking to my mom, and she just has such a great spiritual twist on things. I hated ironing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just said to her one day, okay, how can you redeem ironing for me? Because it's just, I, it, it just piles up and then I just have to do it. And she, she just was real simple. She wasn't um, condemnatory about my attitude toward ironing. She just said this, I pray for the person who's going to wear that particular article of clothing. I, I pray for them and I say, Lord, please help him or her to, to honor you in the things that they do when they're wearing that particular shirt or that particular uh, pair of slacks. And it, all I can tell you is it just changed what my attitude was. Um, it didn't become a task I love to do, but I, I totally get that. And if I'm ironing tablecloths, Lord, thank you that I can prepare this tablecloth. So at spur of the moment, I can throw a beautiful tablecloth on this table and welcome my family back from the storms of life or welcome guests that we didn't anticipate. Um, And it just, it just gives us a different perspective on the ordinary tasks that we have, but how they can become extraordinary moments of grace. Well, your mother, let's talk about seed of wisdom. Holy cow. That yeah. is, I know. Wow. I know. Wow. And that's how I you pass it on. Yeah. I'll give you one more small example. Mm-hmm. Diapering. Mm. Uh, I just, I think I had probably cleaned about the fourth doopy diaper that day. I, I, and I, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. I just turned to my mother once and I said, okay, okay. What's, what's your take on diapering? And she said, you know, I try to thank God that their bodies work, mm-hmm. and I thank God that I have an opportunity to make them feel clean and fresh. And I'm telling you, I, as I diaper grandchildren, you know, I just, I will say, oh, sweetheart, I am so happy that God gives me a chance to make you feel fresh and lovely, and you're just going to be so happy to get down and play after this. And again, it's just a different perspective. Um, small, but significant. You know, I, I just have to it, it just add this if I could. It so sounds like what you did for your granddaughter, it comes from the same place. It's not different than what Mother Teresa did when she went out into the streets mm-hmm. and collected someone and took off the, yeah. the you know, the, the worms or whatever it is, that the gnats and and clean them and love yeah. them. It's it's the same spirit that's doing that, isn't it, Kimberly? It is. It is. And it's such a privilege, you know, and we need to approach it that way. I think there's some people that 
that say no to even having another baby because they immediately go to how many more diapers will I have to change? How many more nights sleep is going to be interrupted? And they've lost the wonder and awe of being cooperators with Almighty God in creating a soul and a body that will exist for the body, no, but the soul that will exist for all eternity because it's going to cost me something. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for me. And we just, we desperately need that eternal perspective. We really do. Um, people forget that there is a limited time offer in which you can even be open to life. Mm-hmm. You know, out of your whole life, how many years are you married? Out of your whole married life, how many years are you fertile? Out of your fertile years, how many times could you even conceive, given cycles and all the other things going on? And again, we want to approach that with awe and wonder. Lord, could you, through our bodies, create a little boy or girl who will know you and love you and serve you with all their heart? Um, and I was really reminded of this with, at our Father Jeremiah's ordination because I had miscarried the two babies right before him. Mm. And when we found out we were expecting, I mean, I, I just begged God for his life. Um, And every time I went to the bathroom, I was checking for blood and every little twinge, it was like, Oh Lord, please, please don't let me, let me lose this baby. And I was so sick and I would ask God to help me feel better. And then the moment I felt better, it was like, Oh, but, but you know, don't let me lose this baby. And, and to see God's purpose fulfilled in his life. Mm -hmm. And he is now laying down his life for thousands of people in our diocese that came from a yes to almighty God. Yes. Even on the, on the heels of deep grief and loss, you know, and risking another loss. And I, I just want to say to the young couples who might be listening to this, um, be open, be open. You don't know the purposes of God. Try not to just try to think through what is it going to cost me to be open to another life. Look at the eternal perspective of the possibility that this child could know and love and serve God for all eternity. Amen. Oh, Kimberly, <laughs> I could listen to you all day. Oh, but then I can because I can go to the Beloved and Blessed podcast. <laughs> and I probably will, oh, just so because I need to, to I need to listen to the conflict <laughs> management podcast. But no, seriously, uh, Kimberly, it is just this has been a grace and gifted moment for me, and I'm sure for many who are listening. And I am so glad that we have this particular series that is coming from Proverbs 31. So thank you, and I cannot wait to the next one. And I'm sure there are so many out there. But any final thoughts? Um, just I, my deepest desire is that we would know how much God treasures us, that he, there is no such thing as an unplanned pregnancy. And so I can tell every listener, God planned you. It doesn't matter if your parents planned you. God planned you. He has a great purpose for your life. And he's working that purpose out. And just um, seek him and cooperate with him, and you will see that plan unfold. Mm. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Mm. 
You're welcome. God bless you. And thank you. Thank you for offering this radio show. Thank you for your participation in Catholic radio. You are reaching so many. And I thank God for you, Chris, and your your beloved. <laughs> well, you have been the, the greatest of encouragers. And I just, uh, a long time ago, in a, a copy of a book, you probably won't remember this moment at all, but you had written in it, and it said to Chris, God bless you. Keep digging the well rather than the pit. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, <laughs> I have to keep telling, I'm still to this day, a decade more, uh, you know, out from that. I'm continuing. Yep. I got to keep digging the well, not the pit. Digging so, the well. yes. <laughs> all right. Kimberly awesome. Hahn, oh. thank you. God bless you. And thank you so much. God bless you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. With Kimberly Hahn, we've gone inside the pages of Graced and Gifted, Biblical Wisdom for the Homemaker's Heart. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, visit EmmausRoad.com, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com, or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.